Welcome back to The John Morris Show, a podcast for freelancers, web developers, and online business owners navigating the chaotic world of technology and online business. If you're new to the show, be sure to visit johnmorrisshow.com to subscribe on iTunes, Android, and TuneIn, and find past episodes of the show. And last but not least, as a podcast listener, you can get free access to my entire curriculum of freelancing and web development courses with the exclusive two-month free trial of Skillshare that I can give you. All the details on how to get that are at johnmorrisonline.com slash Skillshare. Again, that's johnmorrisonline.com slash Skillshare. Now, let's get to the show. Are you listening? everybody, welcome back to another episode of The John Morris Show. So this one we're going to be talking about scope creep and dealing with pushy clients. And you've probably experienced this if you've done some freelancing. Every client that you work with is going to try to push the scope in one way or another. It's pretty rare to find one that won't. And if you let them, not only are they going to walk all over you and take advantage of you, which is frustrating for you, but I've seen it happen a number of times where it can actually cause the project to fall apart because everything gets disjointed. You have all these different things that you start getting dragged in all these different directions and it can, again, cause the project to just fall apart. So both sides end up unhappy. So it's your job as the freelancer to pay attention to and manage scope, not just for you, but also for the client as well. Of course, the big question is how, and there's four things that that you can do from how you sell your services through the project, even to months after the project has ended to keep scope and clients in check and to also generate repeat business. So if you do these four things, not only are you more likely to to handle your pushy client problem and, and have that go away, but you're more likely to have existing clients coming back to you for repeat business. So in this episode, I'm going to cover the first uh, two of those things. So with that said, let's go ahead and dive in. So this one, I'm going to be getting into talking about scope creep and how to deal with that expectation management. It's one of the big things. I think it's after learning how to sell your services, I think it's probably the number one skill after that or the biggest skill to learn after you learn how to sell your services. So this comes from a question that I got in the course. Uh, I'm, I'm probably going to butcher the name. I apologize, but Jow, I'll, I'll say, um, asked this question. So after selling a project and the project being considered finished, how do you deal with change requests and bug corrections? So for example, you sold a web application and the client validated it and accepted it. Project is now closed. However, a month later, the client wants to change to the web app, a new feature, let's say. How do you go about it? Do you charge per hour? Do you have a maintenance fee for this kind of thing? What if a client found a bug in the web app after he has accepted it? So there's actually a number of different scenarios here that sort of change the, the equation a little bit. It's not going to be the same for every one of these scenarios, whether it's a bug fix, a, a feature request, etc. So I'm going to go through all of this. This is This obviously is tailored towards web development. This this course, of course, isn't necessarily uh, aimed just at web development, although I know I have a lot of web developers in here. But what I'm going to cover is going to apply whether you do web development and we're talking about bugs or it's it's writing and it's they found a typo or, or whatever. They want something added to an article that you wrote, etc. So you can apply this in a number of different scenarios, no matter what kind of freelancing you do. So there's four things that I'm going to cover, four ways to deal with this. And then I'm going to give you some key phrases at the end that you can use, that you can take when you're interacting with the client and you're having those conversations about this. 
So the thing to understand is ultimately this is just scope creep. Now you might call it, <laughs> I, when I, I saw this, I thought immediately popped in my, my mind was delayed onset scope creep. You might call it that, but ultimately it's just scope creep nonetheless. And I'm judging by a, the fact that, that you're even asking the question sort of tells me because for me, the answer is, is very clear. Um, and, and how to deal with it is very, very clear. And so the fact that you're, you're even asking the question, and I don't mean this in a derogatory way, I'm not trying to get on you, but it just sort of tells me that this thing, this kind of thing probably happened in the project as well, because usually clients, if you've dealt with scope creep and you've, you've done your, your expectation management throughout, every client's going to try and push the, the scope. It's rare that a client doesn't try to do that. If you've dealt with it and you've handled it in the project, this kind of thing where it would happen way after the project tends not to happen because they already know the answer because they probably heard it two or three times. So I'm guessing that this happened through throughout the project as well. And that's why they can even justify. That's why they can justify even asking uh, for this because they feel like they've been able to push the scope throughout the project. So again, really all it is is just scope creep and it's it's just managing scope creep whether it's in the project or it's after the project it's really all of the same and like i said earlier managing scope and expectations is the most important skill after learning how to get clients and i truly believe that the example that I, I like to use is when it comes to estimating the time of a project you know if you tell a client that it's going to take a week and it ends up taking you two weeks they're going to be upset but if you tell them it's going to take four weeks and it takes two weeks they're going to be happy generally speaking. The amount of time of the project is exactly the same, but how you managed expectations is the different between difference between a happy client and an upset client. A client that's going to come back to you for repeat business, a client that's going to give you referrals, and a client that's not. So managing expectation and understanding that nuance and how to deal with scope creep uh, is a part of that. That's one of the most important things you can learn after you learn how to actually get clients. And actually all starts with how you sell your services. So over on the right hand side here, what you're going to see is this is this is a screenshot from an actual contract from a real client of mine that a signed contract. And you can see here, I quite literally just lay out everything that I'm going to do. And I, I take this from my delivery roadmap. I mean, these are macro steps. These aren't all the detailed steps, but these are the macro steps. And I literally just lay them out. And this is under a section called scope in the contract. So I put in the contract exactly what I'm going to do. And so when the client goes through and they, they read it and they see it, they sign it. This is the agreed upon scope of the project. So now I have an actual legal document that clarifies and defines a scope. This is developed over having built these pro projects and done this, this kind of work over a long period of time. You know, if you're unsure about what should go in here, I actually just I haven't really mentioned this course all that much, but I have a new course that's called Estimate the Time and uh, Time and Cost of Your Projects. I also added that here as a lesson, the last uh, lesson or episode before this one. I also put I kind of compiled that course and put it in here. But if you go through that, either the course or the lesson here, it's going to show you how to create this list. So take that list and just drop it in there under scope, okay? And that will help you create a well-defined scope. 
you can negotiate scope at the point of the contract. So now once you get in to the actual project, then you have something to refer back to when you tell them, well, that's out of scope. Okay, so you have to manage those expectations from the very beginning. It, it, it's really even before the contract. Again, one of the things I talk about is specializing. And when you create your your sales page for your services or a video or whatever you do, to talk about not only what you do, but also what you don't do. So I would tell people, hey, I build membership sites with WordPress and this plugin called Wishless Member. And then I would specifically say, like, that's what I do. I would specifically say, I don't really work on other types of WordPress sites. I don't really work on just sort of general PHP projects. Those aren't a good fit for me. So if that's what you have, then you probably want to find someone else. That is managing scope from the very beginning. So again, if you're doing that from that point and then you do it in the contract here, you are signaling to the client that you are paying attention to scope and so when they go if they go to try and and push the scope they're going to do it tentative tentatively because you've done all of this expectation management and then i'll give you some tools for how to deal with that so i'm, I'm really hammering this particular point home because it's the most important part uh, if you get this right you're going to deal a lot less with these scope issues both in and after the project now the second thing that comes into to and that really what I was talking about deals primarily with with feature requests it can deal with with this sort of thing with with bug fixes but bug fixes really come down to your guarantee now when I say guarantee a lot of I think web developers in particular I could even see that being the case with a you know if you write articles for people or do graphic design be like guarantee like what is that? But if you look at a lot of service providers that have been established, mechanics and uh, things of that nature, you'll find that they have some sort of guarantee. It's very nuanced and particular, and it you know it has to be because uh, of the kind of work that that they do and, and freelancers in general do. But they tend to have a guarantee, and I would recommend that you do have a guarantee. One, it helps give your client peace of mind. But it also, again, is another way that you can set the conditions for some of these issues that inevitably will come up. So a couple questions. A, do you have a guarantee? B, what does it actually say? So if you look at the picture on the right here again, this is my actual guarantee again that I pulled from that same contract, signed contract. Uh, it's And I called it you know, my is it broke guarantee to kind of get the point across that it's really about if I broke something. So you can see what it says here. We guarantee our week for 30 days, uh, during which time we will identify and fix any bugs that may occur. Our guarantee only covers items we are contracted to build that break for whatever reason. It does not cover new features, wholesale site changes, or anything a reasonable person would not consider a bug. It also does not cover changes, and then this went to the next page, but it basically says it does not cover changes that might occur from you installing a new plugin or a theme or you changing the site in a major way and that causing issues because I didn't break it. So that was essentially my guarantee. For 30 days, I'll fix any bug that I is actually my fault and I created if it was truly a defect in what I did. So you can take that same 
sort of idea and apply it to whatever it is that you do. But when you specify this, again, you've set the conditions, you've set the context, the expectation, expectations within which you are going to manage bug fixes. And then, of course, as, as I say at the bottom here, no new features. And if they added a bunch of stuff and wholesale site changes and so forth, I, it essentially voided the guarantee because I can't control all of the different things that in a WordPress site, what they might install. So take some time, think about what makes sense for you in terms of guarantee and what you're freelancing, but have a guarantee because it, it again, peace of mind for them, but it also allows you to manage scope. It's just another tool for managing scope and things are going to happen. It's just inevitable, especially if you're a web developer, but I can imagine it with articles and graphic design and so forth, things are going to come up. So address it proactively instead of reacting to it when it happens. And that's what a guarantee allows you to do. Okay. So once you have those things in place, you've identified scope from the very beginning, you've put it in your contract, you have a guarantee that talks about how you're going to deal with problems afterwards. Like you've really set the conditions, the expectations and the scope. And now from there, it's just a manner matter of how you manage it. So if it was a bug, all right, that'll do it for this episode. As usual, this is a snippet from my Let's Talk Freelance course, which is a Q&A style course that I have over on Skillshare where you could ask your questions directly and I, I answer them in video form. So this is a snippet from that where I covered the first uh, two things that you can do. Of course, I cover the other two in the, the full episode over there. So if you're interested in learning more about that and how to get access to those full premium episodes, just head on over to letstalkfreelance.com. All right, that's it. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.